Thanks for tuning in to the Ecom Growth Leaders podcast. This show is intended to highlight marketing and conversion techniques taught by today's leaders in the ecom world. I'll be interviewing the top marketers that are influencing the market, making an impact, scaling faster than their competitors, and doing good. I'm your host, Samir Al Kamuni, founder and CEO of Fetch and Funnel, a performance marketing agency specializing in omni-channel media buying, creative production, and conversion optimization. If you enjoy anything from today's episode, I highly recommend checking out fetchfunnel.com and sign up for our email newsletter where I promise to only send you content you can learn from and apply directly into your business to improve results and scale. At the end of each episode, my goal is to have you feeling inspired and fired up by learning from today's top innovators, marketers, and entrepreneurs. Let's dig into another amazing story about a unique brand crushing it and learn from their success and learnings. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to an exciting episode of Ecom Growth Leaders. I'm super excited today to feature one of my buddies, uh, CEO of Raindrop, Jacques Spitzer. I mean, Jacques, if you haven't heard of Raindrop, first of all, they're pretty much one of the best creative agencies. I don't know if that's the right way to call it. In the world. In the world. Where did that voice come from in the intro? (laughs) And uh, yeah, we're, we're going to have an awesome one today. Talk about really cool creative strategies. Talk about some really interesting e-com brands that are crushing it. And super excited. Jock, welcome to the podcast. Oh, man. Pleasure to be here, my friend. Pleasure. And I can't wait to chat all things uh, e-com with you. We're both uh, incredible. I mean, you and I have gotten together in person and just talked endlessly into the night. I'm surprised we even fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> so I'm excited about our conversation. Yeah, likewise. I mean, we'd love to just have you kick off and just tell the audience just a, a little bit about yourself and, and you know, your role at, at Raindrop and yeah. Sure. Well, so my name is Jacques. I'm CEO of Raindrop um, and we are based out of San Diego, but we have people now all over the country. But our, our, our productions that we do, any video, photo type of work happens here in San Diego. Uh, we, we are a creative agency. Um, and the reason I say that is we do a lot of design work, a lot of video and photo production. We do a lot of campaign concepting and really what we become known for is creating marketing that people love. And what I mean by that is, yes, we're conveying a message. Yes, we're getting sales, but we are making the ads that you're seeing that people are commenting hundreds and thousands of comments that are just like, I love this ad. Oh my gosh, this is great. Um, And so because of that, we've been able to help brands grow rapidly. Uh, some of those examples are, we started working with Dr. Squatch, uh, they're a men's soap company, when they were doing roughly $3 million in sales, and now they're, they've grown by hundreds of millions. Um, we've done work with Manscaped, Ruggable, Lumi, Native, um, and right now some of our campaigns that are really taking off for brands are brands called Bones Coffee, Suavecito, which is a, a more Hispanic-focused um, uh, pro, you know, a brand. Uh, has a broad, a broad audience. Dossier is absolutely killing it right now. Jumbo, which is a, a, a privacy app. So we're, we're in a lot of different spaces, CPG, B2B SaaS, uh, just helping to tell 
the story of these brands in an engaging way. Um, a lot of our stuff is like about half of our work is more television OTT related. The other half is more like YouTube, Facebook, Meta oriented, TikTok, of course. So uh, we do a lot of work across all the different channels. So cool. And and I think, you know, exactly like you said, that's immediately what I think of whenever I see any rain job creative. It's it's telling the story in this way that like you can't turn the ad off. I saw the bones one the other day on your LinkedIn and it just it, I couldn't stop watching it. It was so good. And I, I if if you haven't, if you're listening to this, go, I don't know, find me on LinkedIn, watch the bones ad. Samir, you can you can share it too. I mean that ad is we're seeing customer acquisition costs on Facebook that and, and Instagram, I should just say meta at this point, that like I never thought we'd see again. I mean, it's working on connected television, it's working on YouTube. Um, they have 8x their YouTube spend um, just in the last couple of weeks alone behind that campaign. Like it makes me believe in the power of great creative. It makes everyone believe. You can't, those numbers don't lie, but um, definitely worth seeing. And it's also really good copy. People, the comment sections are just lit up by people loving the ad and loving the product. And and that's a competitive space. I mean, coffee is a is a super hard industry to tap into. As I take you know. a sip of my coffee, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's we've worked with plenty of of coffee brands. Like, it's a really hard space. I'm a big coffee guy. I mean, you, to convince me to buy a you know fifteen to twenty dollar dollar bag of coffee that I've never tried before, I can't smell all that kind of stuff. You know, it's 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 got to tell an amazing story. Otherwise, you know. I'm just going to stick to what I know is really good. And, Absolutely. And, yeah. And, and I think that what's interesting about the creative that you've done for them is, is I, you know, two things. One, you're, you're conveying this, this great, uh, you know, sort of desire for the product, right? Showcasing the flavors in a really fun and unique way, making me visualize what it's going to taste like and how much I'm going to enjoy it. Um, but, you know, I think the other one, and, and, I, and I'm thinking of uh, what was the ad with the bear super recently? Um, uh, yeah, there was an Omigo. Um, the Amigo one had a bear in it. Um, I'm like, uh, which one with, I'm like bears. I'm like, we have so many I think many the one bears. you just, sh- yeah, it was one you just shared recently <laughs> and, and, and they were sitting on the couch and it was, they were really talking about like elevating their lifestyle by, by having oh, this. Oh, you're talking, yes, you're talking about laundry sauce. Oh yeah. Laundry sauce. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, we yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. Which we'll yeah, talk yeah. about in, in, in a few minutes, but even on that one, right. It's, it's, and with bones, it's like you, you, you are making me feel like I'm going to have this new level of, of enjoyment almost to my life. Right. It, it, and it's, that's so hard to convey that that's, but the emotional component, right. Which I think is, is, is difficult to do, but when you do it right, like that's the best marketing you can do. Right. Is, is yeah. Just, hitting emotions, making me make an emotional decision on this purchase. Yeah. And Samir, you know, you, you obviously, you know, your team does a lot of the strategic ad buying for, you know, various types of creative. And I think one of the things I've noticed about you that makes you really unique is that you don't, you can look at the creative and come up with, you know, uh, reasons why it may or may not be performing. Some of those, like there's quantitative, there's almost like this qualitative quality to running ads and connecting with people. And um, I know you and your team are really strong at like understanding why something may or may not be working, right? And what's those, what's that, that catch? And with those two campaigns you just mentioned, you know, one of the philosophies that we have and, you know, if you can work with us, great. You know, not everyone can afford to. And that's, that's cool too. Like I get it. Like we, 
I, we've, we've worked with a whole bunch of different people, but the one takeaway from why those succeed is that our goal isn't necessarily to sell people. Like, that's not the, the first goal isn't like sell people. Like, and I know you might hear that, and okay, 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 but it's more, you are just cruising through your life. You are doing one thing. You can see my hand on camera. It is literally just cruising. And you have to stop people in their tracks from whatever they were doing and get them to do something different. In this case, probably visit the website. And then, of course, you hope that they purchase. But you, I feel like so many people forget that step one is make them stop, look, and listen. You know, like uh, when we were growing up, they always say stop, drop, and roll. Um, it's like stop, look, listen, and then invite them to an action. Visit the website. So to your point with phones, for example, they can't taste the coffee through the screen. Uh, with Dr. Squatch, they can't smell the soap. They can't, you know, with, when we do clothing items, they can't feel the fabric. But we can inspire people to want to try it for themselves. Um, and that's, that's our job on the front end, is inspiring them to want to try it. And the good news is, with brands like Laundry Sauce and Bones, it lives up to the promise. So if it didn't, it just wouldn't work. But it does, and people love it. And they already have something to look forward to, and then when it matches their expectations or ex exceeds their expectations, they're like, holy smokes, you know, this was a special sort of experience, and now they're locked into the brand, and that's, that's what we love doing. Yeah, and that's awesome, and, and, you know, I know your whole team has a blast doing it, you could, you could, I've, I've seen some of the behind the scenes, and it looks so much fun, um, but I'm curious on, you know, you, you even mentioned it, right, a lot of, there, there's plenty of brands out there that may not be able to afford Raindrop, right? Or, or are working towards that. I mean, even though you guys have some, you know, somewhat affordable packages for even sure. UGC and, and different things like that. I'm curious, what advice would you give other e-com brands and marketers out there that, you know, are trying to, to elevate their creative or trying to do that storytelling or figure that out, but, you know, maybe they can't afford getting a whole, you know, crew, a whole, you know, afford models. And they're trying to figure out how to get that, to tell that engaging story, to, to keep people interested, you know, to your point, you know, get people yeah. to just stop and, and right, pay attention, right, right. right? What advice would you give them? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, it's interesting because there are some brands, you know, every, every, every person comes from a, a different starting point in their, not just person, but like organization, um, in terms of their own understanding, having enough sort of self-awareness to create a message and marketing that people actually love. Um, some people come, I would say about half of our clients come to us with that already in their veins, right? Like when we work with Lumi and Dr. Squatch and Native, like we're, ta we're talking about brands who like the founders or the presidents like have this in their blood. Um, but then there's, there's about another half of, of, of clients who are like, I, I, I trust you all to take care of this and just do it right. Um, and so I think the first component of this is just figuring out like, where are you on that spectrum? Because it'll, it'll help you find the right partners. You know, for someone who has a little bit more of their own understanding, they can partner more with a, just a video production firm. You know, someone that's more like freelance, um, can pull together, you know, doesn't have the overhead of carrying a team and everything else. And like, it's going to be a little bit more scrappy, but you could, you know, you could do something really great. In my, in my opinion, you could do something really great for under 20, 20 like 20,000. Like 
you can't do anything really, really great for 5,000. Like, unless you're the one physically shooting it and, you know, you get the point. Like, they're just a really great is, 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 a, uh, is a hard thing to achieve without spending any money because you need the talents. Yep. Um, but I also think that where I think there's a cheat code right now is engaging with people who are already creatives on these platforms, whether it be TikTok or Reels or YouTube, where they already understand how to get attention and tell a story. And of course, you know, everyone talks about Mr. Beast, but I mean, the guy's doing it right. You know, his most recent yep. video is like, I crashed this private plane and now we're going to live on an island for 72 hours. And I'm like, I'm like this, I'm like this guy gets it. Like, imagine if they took that same context and instead they had taken, um, let's say the whole thing had been like for camping equipment or REI or something, or I, God knows what, like maybe it's just a little Bunsen burner for, um, what's it called, uh, to, for heating your food. Like you could have product placement something there and literally just made it the whole thing an ad for this little thing um, with that same kind of context. And so I think some of those creators have already done the hard work of creating something that's worth watching. And I think you could recreate it with your product as a, the focal point in a really fun way or hire a creative to actually product placement it throughout their video and turn it into an ad. So th those are just like some, there's no like easy way to do great work, right? Like um, even back when we were, you know, a much smaller team charging much less, we, it was still a, such a group effort. There was, you know, still eight to 10 minds working towards this. And I think that was one of our biggest learning lessons is no one could do this alone. Like, you know, one plus one equals two, but like one plus four is actually more like it, it equals 10. I don't know. It's like the math doesn't work, but there's a, there's a kinetic energy. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, with Mr. Beast, I, I just, every time it's like, I don't know how he's going to outdo himself. And then he does. It's just, it's, it's nuts. But the man, the you, man is wild <laughs> and his team, his team. Oh, he's, yeah. got, he's got hundreds of people that work with him. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but to your point, like I, that's why I've always loved Casey Neistat's ads. Like yep. they're like, and he's done, he's like, you know, he's pulled the curtains back on some of them, but like, I, I loved the one, I forget which brand, hey, I think, I can't remember if it was Nike or who it was, but like, he's just like, give me the budget and I'm going to go donate it all. I'm going to go, right. I think it was one of the hurricanes that had come through recently. And he's like, I'm just going to buy a ton of food, a ton of stuff for them. We're going to go, we're going to shoot a video and yep. then get that product placement. And the video yep. went viral, it crushed it. And it was a hundred times more profitable, I'm sure, for that brand than if they had just created this really high quality ad about yep. why their product is so great. So, thousand percent. Yeah, I, I love that tip. But you know, on the on the opposite spectrum, and, and great advice of, of sort of you know great ways to tip, you know, good tips to to encourage people to you could do it affordably, and there's definitely ways to do that, and and you know be scrappy in the beginning. But then I see the opposite too, right? I, and 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 I've got probably one or two clients I'm pushing to get into Raindrop right now, and I know their numbers, I know what they're mm -hmm. doing, and I know mm -hmm. how much they're spending on ads, and because we're running them, <laughs> and right. But they don't want to make that investment because in their eyes, it, it seems expensive or this big investment. Maybe they're not running TV yet, but they're still, you know, spending north of a couple hundred thousand a month, you know, on on, on paid ads. Yep. 
you know, how do you how do you handle those type of, of, of objections or, or, or something sometimes with almost like, you know, because I know it's going to pay for itself, but it's sometimes it's hard to like convince them until they see their, you know, totally it, it, for their own brand in a way. Totally. You know, I a lot of times I use the example for people of uh, baseball uh, and I, I use the example of hitting home runs. I, I grew up playing baseball um, and. I feel like there are people who, they don't know anything more than hitting a single or a double. They've never had the power to hit a home run. They don't know how it would feel. They don't know how it would look. They just kind of have said, well, this is who I am, right? Um, and what we do is we are home run hitters. Like, we're taking big swings. It does come with an element of taking risk. Um, but you can't hit a home run without taking a big swing. It just doesn't, it's like those two things go in line with one another. Um, and so when I, when I look at a brand, I'm like, you know, for, I'm looking at Bones, right? Like it's hard for Bones to imagine 8Xing their spend on YouTube, right? Because they kind of were like, YouTube might work for us as a channel, but like, could it, like, is there even a world where we could spend as much on YouTube as we could as what we're doing on Meta right now? Um, or can, you know, could we do that with OTT? And so I think where we see brands see the lights kind of kick on is like, when we first started working with Dr. Squatch, he was like, we can't sell on anything but Facebook. We can't even sell on Instagram, just Facebook. And then they went on to become the most prolific YouTube sellers, literally the top selling ad of all of 2020, over, over a quarter billion views scalably with a six minute ad, right? <laughs> It's like they went on to dominate YouTube and then they were our first mover on TikTok and they're one of the highest spenders on TikTok. And it's like, we watch brands evolve beyond the channels that are comfortable that are already working for them. And they actually find new channels that can produce for them and sometimes overtake their current channel. It's like, it's almost like an R&D aspect. So I would argue that, you know, if a brand is comfortable with their current margins and where they're at, and they're not really interested in trying to experience explosive growth, go ahead. Be Tony Gwynn. Keep hitting singles and doubles. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, there's not here to pressure anyone. But, you know, I look at Barry Bonds or Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire when they're on steroids, and it was like once every eight times up to bat, they hit a grand slam, they hit a home run. Like, that was exciting. And our clients are like, they're kind of under the impression of like, you only do this once. And if we can't afford to take a risk or even multiple risks, I mean, I love when a, when a brand gives us two or three swings. Like that's what like works power tools when you first start working. They give us two swings out of the out of the gate. Native gave us two swings out of the gate, and that's great because then you're diversifying your risk. Even though you're taking a really really big risk, you're diversifying because you're giving two campaigns, going big. And if one of them hits, wow! Like it changes your business. It changes your funnel. It changes everything. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, yeah, great analogy too. I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. It's it's like, you know, it's why one of the first things we do with any client that comes our way is goal setting, right? Like, what are yep. you trying to accomplish? Because that's going to determine everything and all the decisions that you make. But yeah, we got one trying to go from, I think, 4 million last year to 9 million this year to 20 million next year. I'm like, we need really amazing videos. <laughs> it's not going to happen without I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I don't know where. It's interesting to me to watch people just like assume that they can do nothing different and see a better, an even better result or not find new channels to, to reach exactly. people. Uh, especially with the, the way CPMs are. It's like, you know, all of our clients right now are really thinking much more omnichannel. Like all of our campaigns tend to skew towards like we want something for every channel because 
it doesn't matter which channel hits. We just need one of them to hit. And if one of them hits, you ride that hot streak, baby. And, you know, uh, what's nice is some of the other channels, like, like some of our YouTube ads, for like Shady Rays, Dossier, and, um, you know, some of these ads that have done tens of millions of scalable views and all these sales is, you know, it doesn't burn out in a week or two weeks or a month. Like some of that creative can last a year. And so that's the other part of this is like, people are so used to having creative that burns out in like a week or a month that they can't imagine spending a bunch of money on an asset or a campaign because they associate the two things and they're like, that's going to get me a month worth of runtime. And I'm like, no, this is a different world. Um, and that's another challenge I think people have. Yeah, no, but it makes sense. Like it's, yeah, because you you still have so much opportunity to reach new people with that ad. No, you know, not, obviously not everybody's seen that. And right. it's, a, it's a different... It's different when you're just uploading new photos and Facebook or Google or whoever penalizes you for stale content, stale creative. That's totally different than posting something that is super engaging. Like they don't care. They want the engagement. They're going to, they'll let you run it forever. And as long as that engagement still is still there. And so, yeah. And then your reach is just, you know, how big is your market? What countries are you targeting, et cetera, et cetera. And then, yeah, you absolutely can continue running that, that ad. And then to your point, getting onto new channels, opening up other opportunities. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Like maybe it crushed it on YouTube, but not everybody's on YouTube, like get it on connected TV and, get it, you know, get it on Roku, get it everywhere else. Right. And, and yeah, take it from there. So um, but you know, I'm curious too, because, you know, we're talking a lot about creative and, and video, but we keep mentioning brand and, you know, I've been pitching brand and the importance of building a brand for the last couple of years, sort of the age of drop shipping and those types of things I feel like are, 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 you know, not dead and gone, but they're, they're slightly going by the wayside if you don't build a brand. And so I'm, sure. I'm curious sort of how you, and, and you are personally building brands and e-commerce right. brands. Like, how do you look at that when you're you know, I think you're almost in the middle of potentially a, you know, almost like a brand launch right now or a rebrand. How are you looking at those things? Like, how are you developing those strategies? And, and, you know, what do you feel like differentiates those brands, you know, to, to, to get to those, you know, milestones and break through those ceilings? Yeah. Well, so I think there's two thoughts here. Um, and, so let me organize the thoughts in this way. The first kind of reality is that every brand's at a different place in their journey. So you have challenger brands where people have not heard of your brand, and um, people are always shocked if they do a brand a brand awareness study. You know, I remember before the super, when we did a Super Bowl ad for Dr. Squatch, they did um, a, a study before and after on their brand awareness and brand lift i mean at that point they'd had over a billion views on like each of the platforms you know so it's like if you were a man online on youtube or facebook like we had saturated the crap out of you for years and it was still very enlightening to get the 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 math back and be like oh wow like a majority of the of the country still doesn't know who dr squatch is yet it was also really interesting to see how that moved because of the super bowl that like we had spent years building this brand and then in one moment, you know, quanti- like quantitative leaps in the awareness of the brand, uh, which now they've rolled out into Walmarts and other, you know, places where that brand awareness would be really wise to have to pick it up off the shelf, especially if you're a woman, you know, walking through the aisles. And so um, I would say some brands are in a place where 
they're building their awareness, they are challenging. Other people have brand saturation and they actually have to, they have to give people a reason to rethink or rebuy. And so some of the clients that we work with have come to us, like I remember when Lumi came to us and they were like, look on Facebook, like people are like our frequency, like we're reaching the same like 60 million women with a frequency that's so saturated. We need to do something that like will stop them from being burnt out on this and take an action. And we did that through this, this founder ad we made with Shannon. And part of the theory there was like, they haven't really seen and heard from Shannon directly. Let's, let's let Shannon really be the star in it. And she did great and it totally worked uh, and scaled super hard for them. I mean, I think it, it scaled to like 20 million views. Um, and the, the reason I use views as a count is because it's like, you can only scale it that hard, you know, if it's hitting your ROAS targets and if it's hitting your ROI targets. And so, um, but they had this like reverse sort of uh, situation or like, uh, yeah, so you get the point. Like some of these brands, it's like, oh, I know who you are. I just have no interest in what you have or I haven't applied that to my own life. I haven't taken an action yet or I've never heard of you. So let's assume that most people are talking about brand and performance in this like upswing of, of being the challenger. I want to set the stage because I think that, that that's important. So you know as well as I do, as soon as you show your ad for anything online, right? What's the first thing that happens as soon as you click on that ad and you don't buy and you keep surfing? We talked about it earlier. What happens? You start seeing. Oh, everybody else. You see all the other competitors' ads for the exact same you know, product or industry. You get flooded with it. Yep. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Like you just, I mean, that's it. So yep. I think where people don't understand like you can do i mean my, my mother-in-law told me the story the other day she got served you know one of the ads for that like the like sheet laundry you know whether it's like true earth or eco breeze or whatever but she got served an ad she didn't buy from that ad she got re she got then because facebook says oh well she's interested in laundry stuff gets other mm -hmm. ads buys another brand and she literally says i don't know what the difference is so i just bought this other brand and yep. i started thinking about you know when we work with Amigo and Crossrope, where it's like, okay, well, if we educate you on why you should buy a, uh, you know, a uh, bidet, and it's like, oh, okay, now I'm interested in a bidet. But then you go to Amazon, you buy some cheap knockoff, or if you get them excited about a Crossrope experience, but then they're like, eh, instead of paying for this like amazing premium system, I'm actually just going to buy a jump rope. Well, now you've basically done all the heavy lifting on a category to educate someone, and then you've lost them because they're not linked into your brand. Mm -hmm. um, and so we always think it, we call it performance branding. Um, it's kind of the, the term betw between like, you don't have to sacrifice brand in order to do performance. Um, but performance just for the sake of performance, it's like it can work in the short term, but it won't leave a longer term impression and or relationship. And recently, you know, I started a podcast myself and I had um, Chris uh, Grineau from Manscaped on, on the show. And something he said really like hit me hard he's like you know i've been behind so many ads over the last three and a half years for manscaped as we've grown he's like it's interesting because people have seen our ads everywhere the only ones they remember are the ones with the celebrities in them so they <laughs> say oh i love the ad that had pete davidson oh i love the ad that had rob gronkowski oh i love the ad that had marshawn lynch and he's like it's really interesting because he's like they see the ads all the time. They see all these different ads. The only ones they can actually remember had the celebrities. And he's like, that changed how I view this mix of performance and brand because he's like, 
that anchored in their mind, like where the brand was at. So Dr. Squatch just came out with ads with Justin Herbert, you know, NFL quarterback. Very similar. I bet a year from now, people be like, oh, I love the Justin Herbert ads. They're not going to talk about the first billion views. They're not going to talk about the other campaigns. They're gonna be like, I love that one ad where I remember that guy, I recognize him. Um, so that, that's just another like piece to this puzzle that I think is really interesting that you can't undersell the role of brand. But if you do all brand and no performance, then it doesn't actually sell <laughs> a lot of times. And so it's like, it's got to be both. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, to, to, to hit the point home, I mean, if you want to see an example of this, literally just go to any mattress website, any major mattress website. And now for the next six months, your feed is going to be filled with every other mattress company that you didn't go to. But Facebook and Instagram now officially know that you want a mattress and good luck for the next six months trying to get rid of it. But exactly. on the other hand, that's what I loved about Purple's ads, because instead of trying to say what their unique selling point was right or 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 you know why you should buy their product i feel like you know they were doing that but they were also handling the objection of not buying the competitors and i think mm -hmm. that's another interesting point of what you're talking about even with the performance right created because it's just something where you know you can it's like it's like oh like handle the objections of why you shouldn't buy the cheap bidet off of amazon if a cheap bidet goes wrong in your bathroom like i don't want that situation on my hands yeah right? no a hundred percent no a hundred percent like there's a reason there's a reason your product exists and your brand exists and to your point you have to carve out why it does um you know and i think laundry sauce is a great example you know um they're seeing so much success and because their product saw it's like on the surface you look at it and you go, oh, okay, premium scented laundry detergent, right? It basically is like cologne for your clothes. And when it comes out, what's fascinating is the experience is you open this box, it's almost more like a Apple iPod box. It's like this elegant box, you open it, the little pods inside are like little golden nuggets. And they smell really good. You know, you're not used to smelling fine fragrance coming from a box of laundry detergent. And then when you do your laundry, the two things happen. One is when you're putting them in, you actually feel, I don't know how to explain it, but like you, you feel a sense of joy. Like it's like, a, especially if you've seen the ads, you're just like, oh, this is like fun. Like this is yeah. it's fun to add these pods because they're going to make my clothes and towels and everything smell really great. And then on the flip side, when they do end up smelling great, my favorite thing is like if I get out of the shower and I have a flat, freshly clean towel and I go to like dry my face and it just smells so good. And scent is such a strong, like, I can't explain it, but you, you get it. It's like, it, it's a strong reinforcement of like Pavlonian. And so really what Laundry Sauce does is you're paying, yeah, you're going to pay, if you can afford it, you know, you're going to pay probably an extra $150 a year for your laundry detergent. But... Every time you go to use it, it's going to make you smile either physically or in your mind. And I'm like, what's joy worth? What's what is it worth 150 bucks for something that's a mundane chore that I have no physical attachment or emotional attachment to? Like, I don't feel anything towards other detergents. And so, you know, all of these sheet ones, they're they're what they're selling is this feeling of like, oh, I'm a smarter consumer. I'm saving the earth. I'm a more conscious consumer. You know what I mean? Like they're selling a self-expressive benefit of making you feel better about yourself. Whereas the other one is just selling you, 
you know, this is this is this is fun. This is joyful, and mm-hmm. it's in a mundane uh, moment. And so, um, yeah, that that just it's an interesting thought when you when you really look at down at it and say what what are we actually selling? You know. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And and that was sort of the point I was making earlier with the, you know, the video that you have right on the homepage. Like it's it's one of those ones that that, you know, you're literally telling someone that they're elevating their lifestyle by purchasing this product. And then you give a bunch of examples that are that are, you know, super clear, right? It's yep. just it's it's obvious things that you don't really think about, but it's like, yeah, I got delivery instead of takeout or whatever it is, right? And 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 it it does it does something to you, right? And it does make you feel that way. I mean, it was like one of our best performing ads we had for Books, the the flower subscription company, was was literally around that. It was like right when kind of COVID was at the peak, and we were like, hey, you know, you've made your office fancy, you've you know, you've done all of these fancy things, you know, you 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 do you make your coffee super fancy, and we showed all these ways that you are now fancy, and we're like, you're fancy now. You need you need a spell flower subscription service, right? Because yeah. then you want you yeah. want to be even fancier, and yeah. and it is it's just selling that emotion, um, and 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 it's allowing someone to see it so clearly instead yeah. of you know by giving those other examples, and I, I think that's it's it's a unique way of going about it that feels obvious when you see it, but you're probably not thinking about doing it when you're actually creating something. No, totally, because you know a lot of people they look at these laundry detergent like these examples and they're like oh, the most important thing is we need to show people that it really gets your clothes clean. And I'm like, yes, we do need to prove that. But like, that's table stakes. That's the point of detergent. Like, Mm -hmm. of course it needs to get it clean. And of course it will. Like, not of course, you have to show it. But it's like beyond that, why buy this product? And then, make you know, bringing then levity to all the issues and pitfalls with the other ones, which is where, you know, you start this conversation. is like, of course, like, you can buy cheapy, cheapy stuff. Then, you know, it has its own pitfalls. Um, there really isn't anything more expensive, really, than laundry sauce. So we didn't really go against like what what else could be out there. But you know, it's uh, it's if you want to live a regular schmegular life and smell schmegular, like there's a there's a brand for that. But but it's but it's, but it's interesting because it's it, to me it's a hard it's a hard industry at the same time because you're probably going up against like I, I'm obsessed with marketing and advertising obviously so whenever I go to a friend's house or anything like that I, I'm the one like overthinking everything looking in their fridge what they buy when I go to their bathroom you know I'm not snooping but if I see Crest on the sink you know I'm immediately thinking they probably grew up with Crest and now they're you, you know and it's just what they were what they had growing yep. up and then they just buy the same thing and I. I feel like that's probably a similar thing in the laundry world, right? Like if you grew up on Tide, you just probably keep buying Tide because that's just what you grew up on. It smells like home or whatever, you know, and and I'm an unscented guy because to your earlier point, I don't want those, you know, right. sort of typical lavender scents or whatever. Yep. Just yep. not into it. Well, and Samir, so Samir, you would be so delicious in uh in a lavender scented uh I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but then so then are you do you feel like that's an audience that you're actually trying that you are trying to convert someone who's almost never even bought something different, or is it, or is it the person that's you know potentially already kind of buying something at Whole Foods or whatever just because it's there and they know it's more eco friendly or something like that and they just kind of purchase it? Yeah, um, I think the I think the 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 long and short of it is that is we are um, it's not necessarily I mean no matter what you're converting someone to do mm-hmm. something. Because they're not, mm-hmm. they haven't bought this product yet, and they haven't really bought this this, this category 
I think there's like the French laundress or something. I mean, there's like, there's very few people selling premium laundry detergent. So uh, at this point, it really is more around seeing if people want to experience something that they've never experienced before. So it really is about the experience, right? And either people are going to love the experience. So many people have. I think I, I, I've been shocked. I have absolutely been shocked by the, the percentage, how low the percentage of returns are on the product. Because I was like, sent such a personal thing. I'm like, you know, people are either going to complain it's too scented, not scented enough, not what they expected. Like, I just expected there to be a lot of problems. But overall, overwhelmingly, I think 99% of people have loved the product and have not asked for any sort of refund or anything else. And so um, I think the hurdle is really around getting people to your point to try something new and different. When as people, we don't, t we don't tend to like to take risks. We think we do, but it's like, to your point, what if I buy this, you know, $60, $70 box of laundry detergent and I hate it, then what, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and we, 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 you know, we address those objections like with the guarantees and everything else, but still, I mean, a lot of us, to your point, I got like, is it even worth taking a risk for laundry detergent? Um, and I think that's what's fun about everyday essentials, you know, is like, I have to do my laundry anyway, I might as well try it. Mm -hmm. And if I don't like it, I'll never do it again. But if I do like it, like, might be something I enjoy. Um, and so we see that with the Dr. Squatch work we do as well. It's like, people love that soap. They love it. And uh, they love the products. And now they actually collect the products. They collect limited edition sets, they collect them. Like, they love the brand, they love the products so much. And it's like, at the end of the day, it gets you clean, of course. You know, it's soap. It does a mm -hmm. good job. But more importantly, it brings people joy. And I think that joy, you know, two-point nostalgia, joy, like these are emotions. I mean, I use nostalgia all the time because of Disney. It's like people are willing to pay a lot of money for nostalgia. People are willing to pay a lot of money for joy as well because how do you put a price on that? Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have a price on my own joy. <laughs> Nope. Um, but, but what do you think were the, maybe like the, the top two or three biggest growth levers that you've, you've pulled to, to grow that business? Are you talking about specifically laundry sauce? Yeah. Laundry sauce. Um, you know, I think one of the things that's nice is that they, they, from the get go have been kind of on a lot of different channels. And so they're learning really, really quickly. Um, and so I think, um, in general, earlier you asked me a question about brands that aren't willing to invest or, or, or needing convincing of, of investing in like high level creative. And I'm kind of like the people that are always going to do best and the, the entrepreneurs and the business owners that I meet that have made big exits. The one thing they all have in common is that they're all curious. They're never complacent and they all want to push the envelope and keep growing. Right. It's just, a, it's a share because that's what drives growth. Like you can't, growth doesn't happen on accident. I think what, what's hard with brands is that, you know, a lot of them grow to a point that even they didn't perceive as possible. And then they're afraid of losing that. And so they become mm. more defensive instead of offensive. And they're like, well, I don't want to take money from these channels to try new channels. What if it doesn't work? And my, it doesn't work as well. And I like lose money. And like, they, they, they kind of, I mean, I see it all the time. People just, they grow their business, they grow their lifestyle. They start taking, maybe they start taking like, you know, private jets places and start doing some things where it's like, they 
their their lifestyle increases with the success of the business and then they go well i don't want to take a risk i don't want to lose what i feel i don't want to lose what i have and and somehow that's a crazy thought when you're considering like 100 200 300,000 to invest in creative which could change the game in 10 extra business you would think like oh that's a pretty small investment to potentially explode the business but i think um people start to move into a place of like i got something to lose now they, they start to get a little bit more conservative especially with like all the ios changes and everything that's been happening um so I, yeah so the, that would be the, the the first part of it is like the owners of laundry sauce like the people involved are like all in on growth figuring out growth and, and all of that and i think two they're doing a really great job like they're we're already seeing success and they're doing a great job of building a roadmap for product expansion that's on brand makes sense to really add to the average order value and lifetime value of these customers mm. um and so um by not just coming out all at once with everything and by like holding back some of that product expansion um even the number of cents it allowed them to stay really focused and focus is the word we use all the time our clients use it we use it it's like our best clients are focused clients yeah no it makes a lot of sense and super good points yeah i mean it it makes a lot of sense um i mean and kind of getting to the end here i mean i'm curious you you you've run you're running a super successful amazing agency that's crushing it you're you're running these other you know kind of e-commerce businesses on the side and doing so many interesting things and uh i'm curious like just personally what would you consider one of your biggest successes so far and you know it could be more than one but like you know yeah like any specific breakthroughs or, or anything but i'm just i'm super curious it's kind of on a personal level <laughs> yeah well i mean to me I, like i appreciate even the way that you teed that up um you know i i am really grateful for the work we've been able to do the success we've been able to have um and i think the biggest thing that i see as successful at this point is that I absolutely love what I'm doing and who I get to do it with. Um, you know, this, this podcast will probably publish after this information comes out, but we did a, um, a internal survey recently, um, a scale of one to a hundred, uh, with all of our team members and the, the top, the top scoring question was I align and resonate with the raindrop values. Uh, which our partner generously make it better and own your future it scored a 95 out of 100. dang 95. i was like that is insanity the second highest which also scored a 95 was i believe my manager strives to live out the range raindrop values and the third one with the 93 is i trust my team and i and i know they have my back right and so i look at those three there's they're insane scores when you consider, I mean, we have some other scores, which I'm not going to share on this podcast that are like, you know, they're in the fifties and sixties, right. Um, in terms of ways that we can improve and be better sure. as a company, sure. but to know that we have a team that's so aligned on internally on our values and the values that we find in our clients, that's why we see the success we do with this creative and with the, with the work, because we truly trust each other. It's not politics. It's not, it's like, we're just trying to get to the best solved. And to me, that there's nothing, I mean, 13 years of my business, there's nothing to be more proud of than that. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's awesome. I mean, and, and I mean, it's, and those are like the, the 
the keys to success right there, right? Sort of do what you love. Uh, do what you love with people team. you love and yeah, and, yeah, and dude, make stuff know. you love. Dude, I was I was I was literally running around yesterday. We were we have because we'll have like two or three shoots going on any day in the studio. And I literally said out loud, I was just like, how do we get paid to do this? Like how? <laughs> like, I mean, this is insane. I would do it for free, but like I'm glad someone's willing to pay. Uh, it, it was just so much fun. That's awesome. Um, I got. I, I gotta come. I gotta come to the studio sometime. And you are. Uh, you are welcome. Just when you're, like, yeah. You're welcome. Next time you're in San Diego, I, I'm gonna to make it happen for sure. If not this year, then next year. Um, I mean, you've given a ton of advice to to marketers, business owners, you name it. It's super valuable. I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate. Curious, maybe last question. Any book recommendations? Anything you've been maybe reading recently that you recommend? Oh man um recent books um you know i just um uh, one of my one of my favorites is the art of enchantment um i think it's guy kawasaki i believe it's the but i i i love that book um it's one that i i've come back to a couple times i just bought um a book by ogilvy um on marketing i haven't read it yet so i'm excited to read it but um so that's kind of like something that I've been going to and reading, and then there's something that I'm looking forward to reading. I'll let you know how it is. And um, I also just want to say thank you, Samir, for your friendship and uh, for having me on. This, is, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. A lot of awesome value. I think this is one that uh, I highly advise listening back to because I, I feel like there's a lot of, of nuggets sort of in between a, a lot of this, a lot of what you shared. And yeah, thanks a lot, Jacques. Really appreciate it. And uh, th- I value your, your, uh, your friendship uh, as well. Thanks so much, buddy. Thanks, Samir. Samir El Kamuni here. Thank you so much for listening to Ecom Growth Leaders podcast. If you are a successful brand that is crushing it and would like to be on this program, please visit go.ecomgrowthleaders.com/podcast-guest. If you got something out of this interview, please share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on social. Ecom Growth Leaders is sponsored by Fetch and Funnel, a performance marketing agency specializing in omni-channel media buying, creative production, and conversion optimization. We've partnered with 100 plus brands and generated over 500 million for clients using our trademarked Fetch and Funnel method. We have tons of content over our, at our blog, fetchfunnel.com slash blog. And also some amazing ebooks like How to Crush Your Competitors and How to Produce High Converting Creative. Thanks again for listening to Ecom Growth Leaders. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. So to make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. And it means a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, fetchfunnel.com or follow us on social. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.